want us to get into the mind. Amen. Who here does not have a mind? You don't think? We all have minds, right? Okay. Who can define mind? We know that we have a mind, but what is a mind? Amen. Let me go to the dictionary first. I can define the mind eyes as responsible for thoughts. When you think, it is your mind that does the thinking. Hallelujah. The mind is a place of feelings and conscious brain functions. When I say I want to take this bottle, it is my mind that coordinated my movement to get this bottle. My mind or my eye sees this bottle, it gives the information to my brain and my brain is my mind. It works out, it out, tells me the distance between my reach and this bottle. That's why I cannot send my hand and miss it. Right? Every time my hand gets here. But there are people who have uncoordinated movement. Maybe they have a part of their mind that has shaken or that has a problem or their brain that has a problem. And for them to reach here, why the, the, the eye is giving them an information, but their brain is giving a confused signal to the hand. Sometimes what they tell you is that they are shaking. Amen. But me who have a sound mind, I just reach to it and I grab it. Now, I do not reach to it and I push it. I reach to it and I grab it. Amen. So the mind is the place of feelings and conscious brain functions and also your intentions. Amen. Your intentions come from as the eye product of your mind. What do you intend to do, whether good or bad, is as a result of the thoughts in your mind. What you dwell on for too long, you become. Amen. What you dwell on for too long, you become. If you want to, if you want excellence, you dwell on excellence. If one good result, dwelling on means you should also put it in practice. For a student, what you need to do is what? Study. Amen. You don't expect to have to take number one in class and you never read. You say, no. The pastor said, I have a sound mind. You have a sound failure. <laughs> Amen. So the mind is a place of feelings, conscious brain functions, your intentions. So what I wrote here is that your mind set is what makes you resilient. When I talk about being resilient, I talk about recover easily from adversity. When I talk about adversity, <laughs> amen, I'm talking about a state of misfortune, affliction, disaster, distress, amen, victimization. So if we're talking about a resilience, it's talking about an, the ability to recover easily from a place of defeat, a place of low esteem or low self-esteem a place where you find yourself in a you find yourself in a ditch and it's like there's no hope being resilient is being able to resist that that flesh mindset that says no though i am here i'm waiting for somebody to tell and pull me out no you have to pull yourself out by the things which you know and how do you know those things by you meditating on the word of god the promises that he has made the promises which he has given all the things you have read in the bible from the people of faith if you read hebrews chapter one yeah you read through our church about the people who walk with god by faith the faithfulness of god throughout every generation to the time that you are existing in gives you the ability to be resilient Amen. And what I say resilient is being able to recover easily from adversity or defeat. And defeat means to easily give up in adversity. Resilience is to recover easily from 
adversity. Defeat is to easily give up in adversity. The Bible says, if you fail in the day of trouble, your faith is weak, small. Other versions say small. If you fail in the day of adversity, your faith is small. Which means if you can stand in the day of adversity, your faith is strong. Adversity is an issue of a challenge, a fight. If I stand now to fight Siren and he stands with me, he's been resilient. Amen. And because of his mindset, he can defeat me. I think I am big, but I see a young man with so much boldness and courage. And first of all, I'll be taking aback, like, why is this having so much courage? It's like David and Goliath. Now, to me, I'm big. And I come with brawn. He's coming with brain. By the time I'm thinking that I have to hold his name and squeeze him, he's thinking about using the stone to hit my left eye. And there's no way that, even as I'm big, I will not cry. <laughs> what has he, what's happened? At that moment, he defeated me. He has won the battle, though he has not won the war. Amen. But there's a defeat that has taken place. The devil always shows himself to us like the Goliath. We always come like the underdogs. But because we walk by faith, not by sight, we don't look at the physical things. No matter how high or how big you are, faith pulls down every mountain. Amen. Being resilient is to recover easily from adversity. When you fall, pick yourself up and walk. Bible says seven times, seven hundred. Is seven 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 times that you shall fall, and seven times that you shall rise again? No, that is forgiveness. The seven times shall a righteous man fall, seven times shall he rise again. So you falling doesn't mean you should stay there. Titus wears his white and white on Christmas Day. He's going out to go and see one of his neighbors up there, and all of a sudden, in quote, bad luck happened, rainfall. As he left the door, slippery slope. Took two food, bottles in one small pot, bottle, boom. Now, he looks around him, there's nobody. Will he sit in that puddle and, and keep looking at the mess that has happened? That's adversity. He will look at himself and say, oh, God. He gets up. First thing is, let me clean up this mess. Did he cause the mess? No. Adversity happened to him. Even if there are people looking at, looking at him, will you see that cover his face in shame? He will rise up like a phoenix. Hmm? Rise up with confidence like it can happen to anybody. Goes back, changes, and comes to walk past on that same path. But because he knew where he slipped and fell, he will not walk that same path. All of a sudden, he will start making like this. <laughs> Count his step and then walks away from that place. Amen. When you fall in the place of adversity, God does not intend you to stay on that position. Look at where you fell. Redress your steps. If you can jump, jump over it. Amen. I told us that pass over means to pass away from death to life. Pass away from one state into another, from a place of adversity to a place of success, a place of victory. Amen. I'm just trying to build a foundation about the mind. So your resilience or your defeat comes out in the place of your mind. If you're courageous, it's because of your mind. If you're fearful, it's because of your mind. If you're doubtful, it's because of your mind. If you're faithful, it's because of your mind. Amen. When the Bible talks about with the heart, man believes, it's talking about a state of mind. You don't just get up one morning to make a decision on something that you're doubtful of. Your mind has to be in the right place to be able to decide right or wrong. 
I, should I do it or should I not do it? When you left where to come, your mind was in tune with the decision. There's no way when you paid the boss, you start doubting. Whether you're on the Marco Riso, whether you're on this high day, like it doesn't happen. Because once your mind is set, excitement comes in. Excitement is the, is the reaction by your emotions to tell you that where you're going to is the right place. You made the right decision. Amen. So what did I say? Being resilient or your mindset is what makes you resilient or defeated. And resilience is to recover easily from adversity. And adversity talks about challenges. Why defeat is to easily give up in adversity. So we as children of God, the Bible says we are more than conquerors, which means we are not fighting to be victorious. We are fighting from a place of victory, not fighting to, to win, fighting to enforce the winning mentality. Amen. Because faith already knows that the battle has been won, but the war is not over. But because we know that God works with up step by step, every battle we meet, we become, we overcome because we are more than overcomers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Overcomer is somebody who has overcome adversity. You may have, you may have experienced loss. I lost my brother this year, right? But that stopped me from preaching. No. When I went to the village, I came back. The same Sunday, I started the service back, right? Where I sat by and said, no, I'm in the place of adversity. Let me start. Let me keep mourning. And I said, God, because you took my brother, I hid it from me. I stopped serving you. It doesn't change who God is. You get a one money and say, Daddy, I disown you. It doesn't change you from being daddy. Your blood is in it. Your, his blood is in you, not your blood. Because we receive the life of Christ. We don't give our life to him. So his blood is in you. You can change and cut off yourself from him. But there's always that part of you that's linked to him. No matter how stubborn a child is and leaves the house and runs away, there's always home. Amen. Let me say this. Do not try hard to remember the past. Because dwelling on the past is a a requisite for depression. Hmm? You agree, right? (laughs) Dwelling on yesterday is a requisite for Depression. What is depression? God always works with us with the things that are at hand. Jericho said the kingdom of God is at hand. It is there. Faith says now. When God appeared to Moses, he asked him, what do you have in hand? When they came to the, 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 the place of Meribah, where the children of Israel were complaining about testy, being thirsty and they needed water, God said, what do you have in your hand? God always uses what is in your hand for multiplication. When the children of Israel, when the, when the disciples of Jericho said, there are many people and we don't have anything to give, they say, what do you have in hand? There must be a presentation before preservation and multiplication. And when everything that God brings to us is all about presenting our mind, our thoughts. The Bible says bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ. We have to let God take total control of our existence, our being. We cannot manifest the glory of God if our mind is not in the right place. Amen. Amen. Imagine I get up one morning, me and my wife, you hear in our room there, boom, 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 we are hitting the wall until cracks are forming. And I get up and I come back, wear my suit, put my tie, put it right up here as if I'm choking. I come and stand here. God is good. When I say God is good, you see that I will focus on this direction. <laughs> but when I turn like this and I see her face, it's like, 
face 90. <laughs> what happens is that automatically my confidence disappears. Why? My mind is not in the right place. That's why the Bible says it will bring your gift to the altar. Well, the church people. And then you remember that your brother has something against. What do you do? Lift your gift, go and reconcile, and come back. Sometimes you go to a church and the pastor is saying, I'm not preaching today. He says, Pastor, pre-check. See him, him and the wife. They look at the side like this. After church, we'll see something. <laughs> we'll never finish that discussion. Amen. Always put your mind in the right place. If you cannot put your mind in the right place, you will misinterpret the chastisement of the Lord, the corrections, the blessings, and the upliftment. Your mind becomes confused. You don't know when God is saying yes and when he's saying no. For us students, some of us, we think that when God, when, for God to answer, it must always be yes. A no sometimes from God is a yes. And for every no, we're a step closer to our yes. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah 65 verse 17. This is God talking about the new creation, the new mindset in the Old Testament. I call this particular part the glorious new creation. It says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. This is the true depiction of salvation. Which is 7 Corinthians 5 17. Whosoever is in Christ, all things are passed away. You have to see that all things have become new. Amen. Say, so for behold, I create new heavens and new earth. And the former, what is the former? The old heaven and the old earth shall not be remembered or shall come to mind. What the devil does to us, he always tries to bring the former things back to our mind. And why should the thing, why, why, when the thing comes to our mind, the only thing in our mind will give place to it. Right, says, give no place to the devil. The devil doesn't. The devil doesn't come to you in a. Or the, we talk about give no place to the devil. He's not talking about the person of the devil. He's talking about the thoughts. Amen. In the Garden of Eden, when, when the devil was speaking to 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 Eve, this night it was the snake that was talking. It was an issue, a product of the mind. Amen. Hallelujah. So for the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. So it is your place to shield yourself from every negative thought, for everything that you know that was in the past that has no place in your present. First of all, as a child of God, your past does not define your future. Because why all things have passed away. When they pass away, it means what are you? Hmm? When reinforced now, you take that small container and you put it. When you stand there, does the container keep floating where you are? It takes it away. As it takes it away, it leads up to a bigger stream. The bigger stream leads to a bigger river. The river takes it to the ocean and it disappears there. So why should you keep following the trace of your past to go and get right into the ocean? You get lost in the midst of your thoughts, which is in your mind. When the past has gone, don't look at it again. Look at the now. Look at today. Amen. We feel depressed, we feel defeated because we keep dwelling on yesterday. God says, I will do a new thing every day. He did not say, I will do a new thing yesterday. Amen. I told you people I did on Tuesday that why is it that all your senses are in front? Why are all your senses in front? Why do your legs look in front? Have you seen anybody where this part is behind? And the person is talking like this and is walking like this. Let's go in front and the person is going behind. No. 
Why are your eyes looking in front? When you want to look behind, uh, behind, what do you do? You need to turn. And that was the, that's the problem with most Christians. God wants us to walk with him, not to turn away from him. When they, you had the issue of Lot, they, God told them to leave the, the city of Nineveh. Nineveh, Sodom and Gomorrah. They left. They were walking with God. They had one mind. But they had, the wife of Lord had double mind. She was, she was not anticipating the blessings of God that are in front, walking by faith. She was interested in her side, the things that she's leaving behind. She is comfortable in this place. She knows the wealth that she has accumulated. She knows the friends that she has. How come God is telling me to take a straight, to go to a strange land? But if the wife knew what God told Abraham, Lee, come out from your father's house, from your kindred to a place I will show you. Abraham did not know where he was going to bed. He walked by faith. And God doesn't want us to see where we are going to physically. He wants us to believe where he's taking us to. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Matthew 22, verse 37. First of all, the disciples asked him, or people, they asked him, so what the Bible said, one of the lawyers, the Pharisees, came to him and asked him, teacher, Verse 36, which is the great commandment in the law? 37. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, one, with all your soul, two, and with all your mind. So your heart and your soul are, are inside your mind. Amen. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Remember, your mind is a place of thoughts and feelings. So whether your feelings or your thoughts, you have to love the Lord your God. And you cannot love him without serving him. Hallelujah. All your mind. Not part of your mind. And I said, don't be double-minded as James 1 verse 8. Don't be somebody who says, I am here today. No, I'm here tomorrow. Yes and no. What happens is that everybody who is in yes will pass you. Everybody who is in no will pass you. Either going in front or going behind. And you're stuck in the same position. That's what happens with people who are stagnated in the same point. Indecision. Imagine when God to Abraham, leave. Abraham looks at the land, the farm that they had. Will he have, will he have inherited the whole world? No. One thing which the Bible always speaks against is to have a doubtful mind. Because the totality of our existence, our belief system with God is all about faith. It's all about trust. It's all about belief. And I said, when you talk about faith, there is a belief in faith. There is hope in faith. What's the definition of faith? Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. So while you're hoping for, you're believing for. If you're hoping for something, you're believing for it. So faith is believing while having hope. Or hoping while believing. You are hoping that in the future, you'll be in the position of influence. Not influence to, to sit on people, but influence to help people. What happens is that at that point in time, you're looking towards it. It's in the future. But what do you do now? You're believing. You're believing that it is possible. Why? Faith... <laughs> Doubt tells you it cannot be done. Faith says it is possible. But it can only be done if you believe and trust. He will start it shall surely finish it. Amen. Let's go to Luke chapter 12 verse 29. 
it says and do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink nor have an anxious mind we worry too much about trivial things about things that don't that that, don't, that do not define our existence where we know that our father who, 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 whose name in, in Hebrew is Abba and Abba means what? source was we know that he's our source we do not need to worry but the question is okay if, you, if he's our source I don't need to why, why should you go to work? why do you get up in the morning? what's your, what's your job today? there's a difference about thinking of what to do and being worried about what to do it's an issue of their mind. If you are thinking of what to do, you are in a place of comfort. I know I already have it. So I'm only thinking about producing or making a product after what I already have. But if you are worrying about what to do, it means you're in a place of doubt. A place where you don't know what to think, what to do. You don't even know if there's a provision for that thing. Amen. So for every desire of your heart about what to become tomorrow, you have to make the effort to get to it. You have to put your mind right. And training is not easy. I've tried it. My wife knows. I got up two weeks. I was <laughs> I will leave the house every morning. Wear my shawl, shop nika. Put my small tennis. Put my listen. Take my earpiece. Put it on. Slap on music from Spotify online i'm jogging i did it one time i come back from work in the evening i go and do my wife just look at me like we'll see in my mind i was convinced that i would sustain it i don't want to give us a small story i did it first the second day third day i go in the morning evening no i'll do it tomorrow morning what am i doing i'm already procrastinating my mindset is shifting from where it was set my mind is shifted from where it was set. My mind was, I'll get up in the morning, 30 minutes, I do it. Evening, 30 minutes, I do it. But my mind started shifting. Why? Because I could not sustain the promise and the desire I had inside. Why? The desire was not born out of willingness. It was born out of uh, it was not conviction. It was born out of situation. <laughs> and whenever your, your <laughs> whenever your desire is born out of situation, it will not last. So if you want to become a footballer because of situation, I want to make money, it will not last. But it becomes as a desire of what you want to become, a conviction from within that I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's nothing that can discourage you. Even if you sprain your leg, you tie it with bandage. I did it one week, second week. I do it today, I skip one day. I do it tomorrow, I skip another day. All of a sudden, one week, I told my wife, I I'll, I'll do it in a weekend. At least I can do it on Saturday and the early morning Sunday. When the Saturday comes, I'm like, no, I want to just go and do something. I'll come in the evening, I'll do it. What am I doing? I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. What happens is that my desire is becoming colder and colder and colder. It's the same thing with the presence of God. By the time you say, no, let me come today, I don't come tomorrow. What happens is that you have already taken your step, you have taken a step backward. Tomorrow you come in. The next day you go back again. What happens is that all of a sudden you start desiring not to be in the presence of God. 
You start designing not to seek the face of God. I told you that to seek the face of God is to seek His presence. When the Bible talks about His face, it's talking about presence. And I use this example like when I say treasure, come to my face. Or oh, you're talking to my face. Me, you're talking in my presence. Come before me. Come to my presence. It means you're in front of me. Face to face. So when you're seeking the face of God, it means you're seeking the presence of God. Not wanting to see God's face. Nobody, nobody sees his face and leaves. But what did you guys say? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He was not talking about the physical, the physiology. He was talking about the actions. Amen. We don't need to see God in person to know his person we need to have faith about the presence of the holy spirit in our lives in our heart in our mind to know his person amen hallelujah it says no have an anxious mind no have an anxious mind i'm not going to the other one that's all. be not be anxious for nothing amen now James, it says, neither be of a doubtful mind. King James Version says, neither be of a doubtful mind. Now, James chapter 1 verse 8 says, a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. Doubt is of the flesh. Hello? Doubt is of the flesh. Courage is of the flesh. If you are doubtful, you're fearful. If you're courageous, it's because of the presence of fear. <laughs> Amen. Because it's only when the fear comes that adrenaline is secret. What is adrenaline? The, the, the hormones, not the hormones, it's the hormones. The hormones are secreted to, to make you think and do the impossible. And sometimes athletes seek for hormones or adrenaline rush. They call it adrenaline rush to act. But children of God should not seek for adrenaline rush. We should look, seek for Holy Ghost rush. Amen. Because the more you dwell in His presence, in His things, meditating on the things of God, the more you have confidence in your own ability because your ability is as a result of what He has given you. Hallelujah. I said, doubt is of the flesh. Mm. The what is of the spirit then? If doubt is of the flesh, what is of the spirit? We all know it. Correct. <laughs> Let's just read Romans 8, verse 5. It says, For those who live according to their flesh, set their minds, their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions on the things of their flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, those who live according to faith, mind the things of the Spirit, mind the things of faith. How do I know? <laughs> I said that is of the flesh, right? And we'll see here that those who live according to the flesh, according to doubt, set their minds on the things of the flesh. You set your mind on the things only on your thoughts. Amen. Faith, faith goes beyond your thoughts. It goes to your, it's from your spirit. And if faith, if doubt is of the flesh, faith is of the spirit. Mm. And those who live according to the flesh cannot please God. How do we know? When we see in verse 8 of Romans 8 verse 8, it says, So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. It does not say may not please God. It says cannot. 
was you depend only on your mindset, you depend only on your thoughts, which is carnal, you depend only on your ability, which is limited, you cannot, please God, cannot is definite. It means there's no possibility. So how can you, now please God, Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And if without faith, it means if, if it is without faith, it means it is with doubt. And if it is without, it means it is the product of the flesh. And what happens is that if doubt is the product of the flesh, it means that is the fruit of, that's one of the fruits of the flesh. But we know, Galatians 5 verse 22, we're talking about the fruit of the spirit, you not put S. It's not fruits of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is what? Love. Everything else comes under love. Everything else is a byproduct of love. If I love you, I will not kill you. If I love you, I will have self-tape. I will not just hit you because I'm angry. Why? I will have self-control. Amen. I will be kind. I will be meek. I will be gentle. I will be soft. But it doesn't mean talk. It doesn't relate to parenting. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so don't say because the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love. You see all the things that were listed, all the by, the the the, the, by, the byproducts of, of 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 the fruit of the spirit. I become low-handed. You become weak. What do you put your mind on? What do you put your mind on? So what you put when you put your mind on those trivial things, those carnal things, you have that all your energy is drained towards that. I will see this story with Martha. Let's go to the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Remember, it is this Luke chapter 10, verse 19. I just said, Behold, I give you authority over all the, the tricks, other, all the abilities of the enemy. Notice about enemies hurt you. So, verse 38, I'll get to 31. It says, Now it happened as they went that he entered, talking about Jesus, he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into his house. Verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet. Look at the distinction. You had a certain woman called Martha. She welcomed Jesus into her house but she had a sister called mary she sat at the lord's feet and heard his word the fact that i invite jesus into my house does not mean i also want to sit at his feet you see something when god wants to raise you up he doesn't start when you are old he starts when you're young Jesus Christ had to show his ministry when he was young that's why from 12 to 33, nothing was said, but he still knew his focus. He was not, he did not take his eyes off the price. Amen. So now that you're young, it is now that you set your priorities right. You have to put your mind at the right place. Anybody who has determination knows that distraction will always come. But if you allow yourself to be distracted, it means your mind is weak. But there are times that we still fall. There are times that our mind fails us. What makes us come back to a place of strength? Is believing on his finished works. I know the plans I have for you. Other versions say, I know the mind I have towards you. <laughs> so if God has a mind towards you, which is a mind of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. So despite your mind failing you, go back to the word which says, have you the mind of Christ. 
Amen. And that says, and she had a sister called Mary. Can I have a good amen? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But say, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at the at Jesus' feet and heard his word. She invited Jesus Christ in, but she did not sit at his feet. How? Because her mind was on different things. How do we know? Verse 40. But matter. These are people that know that you are doing the right thing, but they don't want you to have the right thing. They know that you are going towards the right path, but they don't appreciate you going towards that direction. They know that you are in a path of success. No, because their life is in a place of failure, they want you to stay with them. Why? So that you go can be best of the same feathers. Better of the same feathers does not, does not only mean that they must flock together. It's going to say, Papa, on them. Hmm? So don't, be, don't mingle yourself with people who are in the same position. Expect you that you stay there with them. Whatever you step out with faith, the first, thing that, the first person that loves you is the family members first. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 10 verse 36, I'm sure, or 33, a man's enemies are the very members of his house. When you step out, say, I want to take, make a different step, I want to take a different decision, say, oh, frustration. You declaim. You didn't say no password for the house, especially if you're the last born. I don't suffer. <laughs> your mindset is based on your environment. The kind of mind you have depends on the people you listen to. Because you are not taught, you are not learned, what happens is that you walk by the wind. And the Bible says, be careful so that you are not led astray by every wind of doctrine or slight of men. Slight of men talking about the deceitfulness of man. And this is this comes to people who are in the church itself. Amen. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Mary was in the, at the feet of Jesus, being served. Martha was distracted by serving. But was she serving the right thing? No. She was serving and giving to the flesh minding carnal things. Jesus was interested in giving and supplying spirit and life to the Mary who sat at his feet to receive. Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him. Now she did not approach Mary because Mary was not distracted. She approached him, Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? You invited him. Maybe did not invite. Lord, do you not care? Did you invite me, Lord Jesus, into your house for food? Food is for the belly. But I came to give you much more than what is for the belly. I came to give you what is for your spirit. And just this answer is very interesting. He said, therefore, tell her to help me because she knew that if she told Mary to leave the presence of God to go and help her she would not go why because she was going for what was needful Mary Martha was looking for what was wasteful because food is wasteful no matter how you eat you go back to the toilet that's why I don't say I will not give you food in this house huh? eat it all see who will go to the toilet for 25 times a day sometimes it's arrow and the arrow is soft you get running stomach mommy Auntie, Daddy, you want to eat alone? Eat it. God bless you. They see you in the toilet. <laughs> Amen. So therefore, tell her to help me. Mary was not distracted. 
she was focused on what was needful. Bible says, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Martha was what was was talking about serving food. But just because you worry about many things. So her mind was not only distracted by the too much serving, she had other things that she that was disturbing her. Some of us come to the presence of God with a confused mind. We don't know if we are in the right place or we are serving the right God. Why? Because the things we prayed for, we did not see them now. But don't worry. The future always either vindicates us, justifies us, or condemns us. But when you walk with God, there is therefore now no condemnation to do what in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we are justified from start to finish. Glory to God. Just have a verse 42, which I'm going to close. But one thing is needed. One thing is needed. You worry about many things, but this is what you should even think about. Your mind is in a place of total confusion and distraction. So many things are happening inside, but this is the one thing you should meditate on. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. This part you are bringing is okay. But Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Because while you were busy on about serving us food, it will not only be taken away from us, we'll be able to pass it out. Because she's thinking about food. It will be taken away from her. Because by the time you eat, your body takes what it takes, the waste part, your body is the one that pushes it out. And what brings it out finally is gravity. So you are thinking about what will be taken out. She's choosing the part which cannot be taken out. So food which you are busy trying to serve, we will eat it. They will still get hungry. But when she is looking for the master who is Jesus, was I happy? Have everything. Amen. Our anxiety, our depression, our worries and everything was we bring them to the priest of the Lord. The Bible says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. But many of us sometimes, we think that we will come to the presence of God. We say think that we are carrying burdens. And so that it comes by the, by, by the preachings that we hear. You come to empty yourself. You say you go back carrying things. Condemnation. The preaching of the law. The preaching of self. Not the preaching of Christ crucified. Amen. Come on to me, all you that labor on a heavy land, I will give you rest. But how does it feel that somebody comes to the presence of God if you burdened? Because the expectation on your shoulder supersedes your ability to carry. And the expectation on your shoulder doesn't come as an issue of conviction or desire, it comes as an issue of imposition. Some people achieve greatness, others have greatness trust upon them when it's not ready. It's like get me getting up one morning now and I just hear pinging. They say, they, say, they say, when money enters your phone, it's different from all the other message. Even though it's the same sound that is for all your messages, the money sound is different. <laughs> and I hear pinging and I want to check. I do not see the first figure. I just see the best. Zero, 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 zero. At that point, my spirit leaves me and goes to a 2 a 2 d to see the president. When my body is here, trying to see make sense of what I'm seeing. And I see you have been credited with 100 million CFA francs. First thing, I look at the number that sent it. If it's, a, it's, a, it's MTN or <laughs> is this guy that cloned it. And if I see that it's MTN, I look at it. And then I checked. Momo balance, 100 
million twenty thousand six hundred and seventy-five francs. Ah, my mindset at that point is not thinking about God. First thing is thinking of. If I have 100 million, let me just buy a car of 25 million. That new uh, 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 infinity that just came out. What is happening? My mind is already distracted. I was in a place of rest. <laughs> the information came in. Too much distraction. I was, I'm not distracted in things that are not needful. That money I already have. MT made a mistake, oh, but I've already spent it and I left with change. <laughs> Imagine the money came because of mistake. But in my mind, I've already spent it. I've bought cars, bought a house, bid, and I've done things. I've insulted people, paid them after. Gentlemen, I'm the boss. I'm the boss. You're not just the boss, you are the worst. Amen. And after making all those things, because why? I was not thinking of what which was, that which was needful. Which was me coming down, asking myself the question, how come did I deserve it? Once your mind is set on the right things, you believe the right things, you act the right things, you become the right thing. Amen. All the totality of thought should come as a result of your success in the things of God. Your success about who God wants you to be, your purpose-driven, becomes your reality. The vision that you have in your head becomes only becomes a reality once you know your mind is right. And you have the mind of Christ, which is an excellent mind. Every step you take, you trust. He leads you. He leads you to the path of righteousness, green pastures, righteousness. And there to say God is good and God is faithful all the time. But we are humans. We always fall back to a place of self-doubt. It's not a bad thing to fall in the place of Self-doubt. But your self-doubt should not keep you in a place of in a, in a meditative state of doubt, doubtfulness. It should bring you to a place of question, asking, and seeking for answers. If I have doubt in my ability, I should go back from him whom my life depends on. And I go back to my Bible to get answers, to lift me up from a mighty clay to a place which I can call the rock where I can stand. That is a sure foundation. Amen. Glory to God. Matter worry about too many things. Worried and troubled. So she was not just worried, she was troubled. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the great part, which will not be taken from her, and that was the word of God. The Bible calls us to have an excellent mind. First Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6 says, We should have the mind of Christ. Philippians 2, verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Hallelujah. Isaiah 6, 26, verse 3 says, You shall keep him in perfect peace. Talking about God. God shall keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him because you trust in him. He shall keep you in perfect peace. Peace is perfect. But the Bible gives an emphasis perfect peace. God caught his, us, all of us into his rest, not into his stress. When you serve God, you should serve him without stress. The fact that the challenges come is only there to build you and shape you. For second, not the assembly of ourselves together as the man of some is. And the Bible talks about if we shall keep ourselves in perfect peace, what's the opposite of this? Philippians 2 verse 19 says, whose end is destruction, whose mind, whose mind earthly things. 
So if you have to be in perfect things, mind the things of the spirit. If you have to be in, a, in, a, in imperfect peace, which is destruction, you mind the things of the flesh, which are earthly things. Hallelujah. I conclude with the second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. God has not given us the spirit of fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Fear is a product of doubt. Fear is a product of the flesh. But what has he given us? He has given us a spirit of power. Power there is ability. It's not just authority. It's not authority. It is ability. Ex- uh, dynamics. He has given us the, the power or the spirit of ability to do what? And of agape. The God kind of love that does not compromise. That does not see wrong. It says, and of a sound mind. So God has equipped us for the future. Amen. Have a sound mind. Develop your mind. Trust in God and see what the future holds. Glory to God. We hope you've been blessed by this message from the Tower Church Gathering. God bless you.